hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, you are our strength and shield. And we come to you in the midst of all the busyness of life. And we know sometimes it's easy to get distracted. So Lord, as we come to hear your word proclaimed, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So uh, I am so thankful that my summer traveling is over. I had such a great time with our youth uh, this past Sunday, and so thankful for uh, Reverend Dr. Uh, Weida Lee uh, to be here on Sunday. I had a chance to listen to her uh, message uh, when I was putting together uh, the podcast. If, you had, if you've missed it and you want to hear what uh, Reverend uh, Dr. Uh, Lee said, uh, it's, it's available on our, our website, so I invite you to go and go and check that out. But you know, I, I talked to her afterwards, and she had so much fun. And she just said over and over again, you know, just how amazing the congregation at Royce City First United Methodist Church is. And I just looked, I just, just talked to her and I went, yeah, I know. Yeah, we're, we're pretty cool like that. You know, you guys do a, a, a great job of hospitality, uh, making her feel, feel welcomed and, and everything. And I know that she claimed uh, our Weta Howell Bailey window for the, uh, for the day. Uh, since she shared the namesake with one of our, our beloved saints. But thank you for, for what you did. I had fun with the youth at Youth uh, 2019 in Kansas City. You know, we had a great worship. We had great speakers. We had great fellowship. Uh, you know, we had great hotel rooms, right? Yeah, great hotel rooms, really close to that. You know, but I, I think the thing that stuck out with me most about the event was that, uh, and I think, the youth that are here would echo that w- echo with me. It was a great opportunity for them to explore their faith. You know, uh, we had uh, what was called dig groups, which was discover some other word and group. I can't remember what the middle word was, but it was a ch- it was a small group experience where they were with uh, six or seven other youth their age and an adult, and just had some great. Dis- I know my group we had some great discussions, and I heard from our kids that they had great discussions. The, the workshops were great. Um, but I think the thing that I loved about it more was that this gave them an opportunity to fellowship with United Methodist youth from all over the country. You know, there were kids from California, Maine, Wisconsin, Florida, all over came to Kansas City to be a part of it. So thank you for allowing me the opportunity to go and uh, and and have fun with them uh, from last Wednesday uh, through our drive home last Sunday. So, uh, because of that, I, I really wasn't planning on going on the trip. So I had a, uh, a a little series on the Book of Jude that I was planning on doing, but <coughs> I didn't want to drop the Book of Jude or the middle part of Jude on a guest preacher. So I had to. Uh, 
reconfigure what we would be preaching on or what the messages would be. So I, I went to the lectionary. And if you're not familiar with what the lectionary is, it's just um, a plan of scripture that, that goes back centuries uh, where uh, it's a three-year plan where if you followed it, you would touch every book of the Bible, every scripture in three years. And so I was looking at the lectionary, and two weeks ago, I, I, I loved the story of Naaman. I said, we'll just go ahead and do that story. And then this week, I had that exact same reaction when I saw that the scripture for today, the gospel scripture for today, was a story about Mary and Martha. And then I sat down and started to study the story of Mary and Martha, and I was like, you know, I really don't want to drag out the exact same thing that you normally hear about the story of Mary and Martha. You know, Martha is this over-controlling workaholic that is so upset at her at her uh, sister because she's not doing anything. And, you know, people feel like, you know, they f can feel kind of guilty because we're more like Martha and not like Mary. I didn't really want to do that. So I was just thinking about the story, and I was thinking, how can we look at it a little differently to maybe get an idea exactly what Martha and what Mary were actually doing? So I invite you to join with me as we take a look at that story in your Bibles, it's in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. If you don't have your Bibles, I have it uh, on the screen, and you can follow along there. Hear the word of the Lord. While Jesus and his disciples were traveling, Jesus entered a village where a woman named Martha welcomed him in as a guest. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his message. By contrast, Martha was preoccupied with getting everything ready for their meal. So Martha came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to prepare the table all by myself? Tell her to help me. And then the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the better part. It won't be taken away from her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Here you can see how, how easy it would be just to take this passage at, at face value and say, well, it's easy to look at it and go, yep, yep, Martha's the workaholic, and, and Mary is the one who's listening to Jesus. So, of course, the church answer for everything, Jesus. So since she's listening to Jesus, she's the one who's doing what needs to be done. And, and while that's true, there's something that I think we miss about Martha. We miss something about Martha, but, but it's easy to do that because when we think about other scriptures or when we think about what we hear, what we are supposed to do, it's all about work. Now, I know that uh, April and Wanda and Leslie and Heidi were probably a little upset that I'm saying this, but, you know, church is not all about work. And I'm saying that the Sunday before Vacation Bible School where we need a lot of people to come and, and fill in and help teach our young disciples what it means to follow Jesus. But sometimes we, we forget 
that what we are called to do is a lot more than just do churchy things. But when we see different scriptures and passages, it's hard to remember that. I mean, even Jesus in, in, John, in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, he says that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So Jesus is saying we got to get more people to step up and, and, and be a part of the harvest, right? We look at James chapter 1, verse 22. You must be doers of the word and not only hearers who mislead themselves. So James is saying, you know, we can hear the word all we want, but unless you are doing the word, you're missing out. And then my favorite from Paul in Philippians 2, verse 12, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue, well, this part right here, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So Paul is saying not only do you have to work, you've got to work out your own salvation. You've got to work, 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 work looking at the NIV version of, of this, this passage, and there's a little subheading above, you know, some Bibles that had those subheadings. I love the subheading that they had above uh, Philippians 2, verse 12. It says, do everything without grumbling. Now, I know that's a little bit later in the scripture, but not only are we supposed to work out our, sal- our own salvation, we can't grumble about it. We can't be negative. We can't do any of that. We just have to do it with a big old smile on our face. But I think this story of Mary and Martha is telling us something a little different. See, there, there's a similarity between Martha and Mary that, that easily gets overlooked, and it has to do with the very first line of our Scripture. Jesus and his disciples were traveling. They were traveling from, from Galilee down to Jesus. This was right after Jesus decided to point himself towards Jerusalem, and he's, he's moving towards Jerusalem to move towards the cross and to the resurrection and to his ascension. And it talks about how Jesus and the disciples, they, they enter into Bethany, which is a town just outside of Jerusalem, and the th- what we hear from this passage is that Martha goes and invites Jesus into her house. He welcomed Jesus as a guest, which was an extreme of radical hospitality. Martha knew that, that this Jesus was someone that she needed to listen to. It's someone that she needed to, to hear from. And so she opened up her house to this traveling teacher. Now, when we look further into to what Martha is doing, there, there's a word that's used several times in this passage, and it's diokonia. Did I say that right, Jim? Okay, close enough. Okay, thank you. Uh, the word is used multiple times in the New Testament, and the word is more in line with a servant, with a servant heart. And it's used many different times in the Gospels. For one way, in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus talks about being a servant when he talks about feeding those who are hungry, clothing those who are naked, visiting those who are sick and in prison. Even in the Gospel of Luke, 
uh, Jesus uses the, this passage or this word several times when he talks about how Jesus himself became to be a dakania, became to serve. And later in the continuation of the Gospel of Luke, which is the book of Acts, the word is used throughout to talk about this special acts of service when the disciples were being, uh, being, uh, being uh, cornered because people were being ignored uh, in service. They set up people to be servants or dikonia to, to help serve the widows and serve the orphans. It's something that we as United Methodists have, have continued to this day where we have two separate ordained orders. Myself, I am considered to be what's called an ordained elder, which means I am responsible for the word, for the sacraments, for the order of the church and for, for teaching, while the deacons in our church, they are set apart for specific services and, and we we look differently when we are robed up uh, we have the stole that goes over both shoulders but the deacons have this sash that goes across to show that they are set up for service so i wonder <coughs> instead of martha being a busybody just running herself ragged being a workaholic Maybe what Martha was doing was showing her love and devotion to Christ by serving him. And when he saw Mary was not serving, she was worried that what she was doing was not honoring the Christ by just being there and just listening. We have that on our own lives, don't we? Sometimes we feel like in order to fully honor God or, or to be a part of what God is telling us to do, we run ourselves ragged. And, and we say, if I'm not serving hard enough, then I'm just not doing the job that Christ has called me to do. But then Jesus gives us these words as he speaks to Mary. To, I mean, sorry, to Martha. I always get those two mixed up. I always say Martha and Mary interchange, but he's talking to Martha, and he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. One thing is necessary. There's one thing that, that you need to know about, and it's not all of the activity. Not saying that the activity isn't important. It's important work, but you invited me in as your guest but you are distracted you are running around doing all of these different things you are you have so many irons in the fire you can't keep up but when you invited me in come sit down and listen because that is the most important thing a little controversial part to the story, too. There is some controversy in the story. We, we have a tendency to ignore it because, well, we're so far removed from that actual time. But for Mary to go and sit down at Jesus' feet, it's not some kind of lovey-dovey, ooh, look, Jesus is here. But she was taking the place of a student who was wanting to learn so that she can then 
go out and be a teacher herself so that she could then go out and share the good news of Jesus Christ. So she knew that if that was her job, if that's what she was supposed to be doing, she needed to be listening to the master's voice. I know I do that in my own life. I get so distracted, I get so busy, and, and my life turns into a list of buts. Well, I really should pray more, but. Well, I really should help my neighbor more, but. I really should serve those who are needy or feed people. I really should. It goes over and over again. And we start looking around. Well, the reason why I can't is because, well, I, I got to get the kids to the school or to their next event that they're involved in. I, I really would like to, but I really got to organize my desk. I really got to, or I have to, you know, the list goes on and on of those things that we feel like we must do that are good things, but really, are we listening to the call that God has given each and every one of us. <laughs> this past week, I got back into the office on Monday after the youth 2019 trip, and I had my, my little to-do list, my, my top three things that I needed to do for the day, and I was ready to start checking them off. And I look on my desk, and there's a pile of papers over here. So I started, picked up the pile of papers, and I'm looking, and I'm putting them down over here realizing that all I've done was take a pile of paper over here and move it over here. I said, well, that didn't really serve the purpose of what I was trying to do. So I picked up the papers again, and I started to go through them. And I actually put a couple into the recycle bin, but I realized that I'm just moving one, piece of pi one pile of paper from one side of the desk to the other side of the desk, thinking that I'm getting something accomplished. And then my, my phone beeps because I have an alarm on my phone if I don't do my, my morning devotions. It, it lets me know that it's time for me to do that. And I realize, wow, instead of spending time in God's word, I was moving paper from one side of my desk to the other over and over again. And then I realized, no, this this is the important thing for me right now. The important thing for me to do right now is to listen to God through the reading of Scripture. So that's your challenge for today, for this week. And we got VBS, and I hope a lot of you are helping out with Vacation Bible School this week. But I invite you to take a moment to listen to God. If you see the spiritual, the soul training exercise for this week, there are three ways that you can do this. Number one, turn off the noise. Tracy absolutely hates this about me, but whenever I'm sitting at home on the couch, I will just turn on the TV and I'll let that noise just, just fill, fill the room. And I'll be doing other things, but I have that noise going. If I'm in the car, I will turn on a podcast. I will play an audio book. I'll listen to sports talk radio. I'll, anything just to keep noise going on in my life. 
The challenge is, the this training exercise is to, the, the, to take the noise out of your life. Whether it's, it's, it's the Fox News, whether it's MSNBC or CNN, whether it's ESPN, whether it's just some sitcom that you like to have playing and background noise. Take that out of your life so you can leave room for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And then, not only just do that, because I've done that before, but take time to notice. Look around you. Look in your circumstances. Look where you are. And take time to notice where God may be leading you to do something different, where God may be asking you to do something bold and adventurous in your life. And then finally, be open to nudges. I can't tell you how many times that I go to a meeting that I really do not want to go to. And I'm not talking about church meetings. I'm talking about like going out into the community, you know, rotary. I'll name them, rotary, chamber stuff. I'll sit in my office and I'll go, I really do not want to go today. But I'll feel something inside of me. And I'll, I'll, I'll push it aside. Nope, nope, not going to do it. Nope, I, I, I would much rather move papers on my desk than do that. And then I'll push it aside and push it aside. And then finally I'll realize God's nudging me to do something. So I need to go do it. And it never fails that when I act upon those nudges, God shows up. And God gives me the reason why it was necessary to be a part of that meeting or that appointment. It may be just an encouraging word from someone, or it may be a chance for me to give an encouraging word to someone. It may be somebody that I can meet for the first time to, to let them know that God loves them and cares for them. But it is an opportunity just to listen and to hear God say, my child, I want you to move for me today so that others may be introduced to the love and grace of Jesus Christ through you. My hope and my prayer is that as we move along, we don't berate ourselves for being active or busy, but we realize that God wants us to stop and hear him in a fresh new way so that we may share God's love with others. Would you please pray with me? Oh God, you have blessed us in so many ways. And Lord, sometimes it's easy just to, to move and do things and just put our, our minds on autopilot, just thinking that we are just accomplishing things for the greater good. And sometimes we do. Sometimes the work that we do when we're subconsciously working does do great things for you. But not if we fail to listen to you. Not if we fail to take a moment. And as the psalmist reminds us, to be still and to know that you are our God. So, Lord, this week, especially in the week that we know that we are going to be so busy, help us to pause. Help us to reflect. Help us to realize 
that you are there in our midst and that you guide us and lead us so that we may feel your presence in our lives, but also so that we may share your love with others. So God, we lift this up in the strong name of the one who loves us and cares for us, Jesus our Lord. Amen.